1: And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir?
0: I'm doing well. I'm excited. we got a, a good friend of ours on. We're going to talk a bunch of details yeah, about we, football. It's fantastic.
1: We do. We have a special guest today, Alan Uy of CoverOne.net. You can follow him on Twitter at AlanUy22. That's A-L-L-A-N-U-Y-22. Alan, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks yeah, for coming absolutely. on. All right, so coming up on today's show, we are going to talk a bunch about the Cowboys offense. But before we do that, Alan, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you work, and how you kind of got started charting all of these Cowboys games.
2: Uh, sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, well, basically right now, I, I am the Cowboys analyst for CoverOne.net, uh, which is run by Eric Turner. And uh, it started out as a primarily Buffalo Bills website, but they have recently expanded into covering other teams such as Dallas and the New York Giants. Uh, the New York Giants analyst is Nick Turchin, so that's that's where I'm doing right now, and I'm uh, you know happy to, to be there and thankful for the opportunity that uh, Eric has provided. Uh, when I started, I actually started back when I when I started seriously writing about Dallas and seriously considered trying to figure out a way to break into the industry. I, I started that in 2016. It was uh, at that time where I was looking to try and learn more about the game because I always wanted to be able to have real conversations about football without actually saying, you know, the, the – generic answers of well they don't have leadership that's why they're not that's why they're losing or something or something as, hot as silly as that yeah exactly <laughs> i found found so much that was so silly i just wanted i actually wanted to know more about how the game is actually played mm. and i didn't know where to start i didn't know where to where to start looking uh and i eventually found a, a couple of books that i read one was by pat Kerwin uh, take mm-hmm. your off the ball the other one was smart football by chris brown um Great but books. the, the Yes, the Pat, the Pat Kerwin book in particular, he talked about how he would, he would play chart during live games. And then at halftime, he would go to the coach and let them know, hey, they did this on you know, first down or they use this personnel grouping on this down and distance and so forth. And I thought that that was interesting. That intrigued me. So I decided to try and experiment that with myself. And uh, I used – you know, I practiced on a, on a Cowboys game. Uh, using game pass before beforehand and it was right at that same time where andy benoit of sports illustrated reached out online he sent out a general a general tweet asking for people to volunteer to to uh uh it called? to call uh, to intern for him and uh, that it was so it was kind of fortuitous timing for me uh it was at that point that i i reached out to andy and i told him that hey i just started display charting um, let me know what you think, and uh, from that point, uh, we started uh, collaborating a lot. He reached out to me and told me he'd never had a play charter before, and uh, that uh, he was interested in having me come on and, and work with him. At, and it was also at the same time that I actually started writing uh, officially, uh, which was uh, thanks to actually Marcus Mosher. I started mm-hmm. at, at, his, at his site. In 2016. So since then, I've been charting the plays, every offensive play since 2016. Although I've, I've tweaked my my formula, so to speak, every year and added some things and so forth. But, uh, but that's basically what I've been doing, and I've been writing since then as well.
1: Yeah, let me say that first of all, Alan, you do a great job with the charting because I've seen yeah. I've seen your work before and it's it's absolutely fantastic and, and it's thorough. Uh, I don't think anybody out there, other than maybe the Dallas Cowboys, have a better idea of what's going on from every single snap uh, better than you do. So let's kind of jump right into it and in some of the questions that we have. Uh, and my first question for you uh, is a fairly simple one, but uh, I, I know that you. T- Chart not only like where the the running back carries go to, but what types of runs the Cowboys uh, use. In, in your charting, has there been one or two types of runs that you've seen from the Cowboys that have been overly successful this season? Uh, yes, this
2: particular season, the the most successful run has been their counter or power sweep. Basically, that's where you have a uh, one or two, well, actually, two pullers, two pull blockers that are moving to the either side and the running back is basically it's a more of a horse it starts out more of a as a horizontal play and then turns up field um, depending on his read I mean yeah, I guess you'd have to I'm sure Landon would also know better as well in terms of whether his read starts with the A gap and moves all the way out or, or whether the, the run is designed to go outside from the beginning but but basically it that's their most successful run this year they they do it usually from shotgun they sometimes do it uh, with the running back in the as a single back in the backfield or from the dot position that's been their this year that's been their most successful run which is interesting because in years past it was a combination of outside zone and duo which they which they still run but they the most successful this year has been the the counter and power sweep runs
0: yeah and I, th- I think th- to kind of answer that question I'm pretty sure it's an inside outside read but they read the a gap first and and then try to break it back outside if there's nothing there but right um, First off, yeah, I mean, just to give uh, my part about Alan. Alan's fantastic, and I was excited to have him on because I love using his charts as well, and, and and his work is fantastic. And we've been talking. We, I had a chance to meet Alan at the draft, which was really cool. So we yes, got the it's... chance to hang out a little bit, which was really neat. That's the fun part about doing stuff in Dallas every once in a while is, yeah, every, every once in a while you get to meet these guys, which is cool. So, uh, back to the questions though, we talked about where the the Cowboys have had success rushing. Where have they struggled? Because in my eyes, it seems that their what used to be their bread and butter—the kind of zone and inside zone, outside zone, um, you know, some split zone—it seems like that has not been as good as it has been previous years. But I don't know if that's exactly the worst run they've had yet. But so, where where does, does it kind of bear out that they're struggling the most in the run game?
2: Uh, that's a that's a good question. I think a lot of ways in in my from my view from watching the the uh the games a lot of that is is just execution overall and uh you're going to see a lot of uh just it's not like it's it's one thing all the time but it's here and there missed blocks or Mm -hmm. or uh you know not being on the same page obviously the tight ends at the beginning of the season they they weren't helping too much in the run game although they've gotten better uh,
0: i think i agree
2: yeah but if you look at, it, I'm looking at at the chart right now. I was able to, to look something up real quick. At looking at all their negative runs that they've had this year, um, a lot of those have come on uh, zone based runs, mm. or some of them have come on zone based
3: runs. One, two, three, four.
0: While you're counting it, that, that, you know, I mean, that's ahead. that's funny because I mean, the thing that any zone, you know, it, the the basis of the zone run run game is the idea that you cannot accept losses. You know, the idea is that you know, if you if you go back to any of these offensive lines, Alex Gibbs, any of these guys, yeah. one of the yep. first things they'll talk to you about is the the you cannot have negative runs in the run game. It, it, one, one or two yard g- gains or wins, but you you it, it, he's more concerned about eliminating negative runs than he is about creating big runs. So that's that's right. not a great thing to be getting so many negative uh, gains on on outside and inside zone plays.
2: Right, and if you're looking at the actual numbers themselves i've got uh, 15 runs that ended with uh, a negative or tackle for loss and nine of those 15 involved a zone zone scheme whether it was a read option inside zone or an outside zone or zone lead for example uh nine of 15 were they, they lost yardage on that and then the other six were, were more gap based plays as in like the uh, power runs or the duo runs and so forth
0: real quick before before you ask your question move on uh, marcus I, I would say that and in, in please tell me if i'm wrong here alan but uh, you know f- just thinking about this zone read may incur more loss than a typical outside zone play because of there's the element of making a bad decision and the fact that you are you know not necessarily giving your running back ahead of steam and, and having him make the read, but having a quarterback who is potentially carrying the ball. And, uh, and then, you know, if you've got a defensive end who knows what he's looking at, there's a very high probability that that quarterback could be toast and, <laughs> and lose yards. So, uh, I, you know, I think when you talk about zone reads it's, but at the same time, like it's part of something that you live and die with, you know? So Correct, it's, yeah. it's, it's tough. It's like, it, it's kind of, built into the, the, the sauce a little bit.
2: Yeah, yes, I think you're right. Uh, obviously, because they're leaving a defender unblocked, and that defender, if they play if they play the that particular play well, then yeah. it can definitely blow things up. Although, I think we've both all noticed that whenever Dak has, has gotten a keep read, as in a read where he keeps mm-hmm. the ball and runs it, uh, whenever he's done that, he's usually done a good job in gaining yards. Yeah. But that's not always been the case. So I, I think that's something that fans might might forget it's not as simple as why isn't Dak running the ball more it's, you know because a lot of the times the defenses know how to play it well, yeah and and they don't they make sure not to give a, a keep read to Dak they make sure to give to play it so that Dak has to give the ball to, to Ezekiel Elliott and then they crash down on the run game
0: and that's a different type of athlete that's playing in college that's unblocked you know I mean, those guys I mean these guys right. are the elite of the elite you're talking about defensive ends so you know sometimes even if they make a slight hesitation or make a bad decision, their athleticism can make them right, you know? So it it's it, it's it's a kind of live-and-die play to a certain degree, but when you
1: hit, it hits big. So I've got a question for either of you two, and maybe it's not one that we can answer, but um, we talked about the nine negative runs on the zone concepts. Alan Landon, is there one particular player that's causing so many of these runs to fail, or is it just... Lack of execution by one different person on every different play. Well, my opinion on that is is that it's a multi-faceted
2: yeah. answer, because, and I think we're seeing that with the fact that they they fired Paul Alexander, mm-hmm. they fired him, and they and they promoted Colombo and brought back uh, Hudson Houck. Mm-hmm. So that's that's probably the biggest issue. Just just from my. Uh, I, I you know I've charted all the places, but it's not as if I've graded all the players. I don't have time to do that. I'm afraid. Sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a not but, a one-stop pro you, football focus. You, but.
0: The, the, the truth <laughs> is, is that you know I think when you hear Alan talk, like even early on, I mean, you heard a lot of what what I think too. Like this, the, the idea that this is not like uh, this is multifaceted, and not only is it you know I think coaching was the easiest thing to solve. You know, because I mean, you you can fire that guy. They like Colombo, anyways. They really they wanted Colombo. It sounds like they wanted Colombo to be the offensive line coach initially, but were concerned about you know his experience there. So uh, I, I think you know there has been, it's, it's been a combination of things. And I think when it's a combination of things, it's hard to parse out that out, you know, like it's hard. Okay. Is it the play calling? Is it the technique that's being coached? Is it the technique that's being deployed by the player, you know, not, not taking to technique that's being coached, you know, that's, those are all very, that's difficult alchemy to kind of disperse from a 10,000 foot view without any inside knowledge. But I, I think, Alan and I would probably both agree, and I'm sure you agree as well, Marcus, that when you watch it, it's... It's, it's you get a little bit of everything that's running it, right? Yeah. Like it's it's, that's it's a whole, frustrating it, thing. Yeah, it's, it's holding, it's, it's, it's not no one thing yeah. that you can pick.
2: Yeah, yeah, And there's also the fact that, you know, Travis Frederick is out. Yeah. they they have a rookie at left guard who's who's shown promise, but also he needs he needs seasoning too. He's uh he's gonna need time in the weight room in the in the next off season and which will well, I'm sure he'll get better, but I think that's that's an underrated uh loss as well. Although Joan Looney has played well in my in my view. Yeah. But there's still and, and and let's not and let's not get uh, confused with the fact that the Cowboys are still running the ball well. Overall, they're a good running team. Yes. But they're not necessarily dominant in the run game, and uh, and of course the uh, the pass protection has been has been worse this year than than say in twenty sixteen when they were dominant in the run game but had to, and were pretty good at protecting the passer.
1: All right. Let's take a quick break, and we will come back, and we will talk a little bit about the Cowboys' passing offense in twenty eighteen. Isn't it crazy how much we pay for new brand name clothes? Why do we buy new kids clothes if they just outgrow them in a few months? Wouldn't it be great if there's a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? There is. It's Swap.com, the world's largest thrift store. Stop driving to store after store and sifting through racks. Easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on Swap.com with easy to use filters to find just what you need. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted each year. Shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is something you can feel good about. Swap.com is the world's largest thrift store. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail prices on your favorite brand clothes, such as Nike and Gap. Quality hand-inspected items are added daily, and if something doesn't fit, Enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. We have a special offer for our listeners. Get 35% off select items for your first order with promo code LOCKEDON. Plus, find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. That's Swap.com.
3: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, Alan, let's talk about this Cowboys passing game. Uh, It has not lived up to maybe our expectations at the beginning of the season, um, but they've had their moments. So uh, my first question for you is, what is the most common way the Cowboys are throwing their, the the ball? Is there a certain type of route that they they love to throw more often than not? Is there any you know trends that you have noticed from this passing attack?
2: Uh, it's a good question. They I haven't had the full time to really break it down. Like like uh, they had a previous article from 2017. I was able to break down all the all the passing concepts they like to use. Unfortunately, I haven't had the time to do that yet. But in my initial looking at it, I do know that they still run a lot of the same plays as before. That's the, they basically the offense in general is is basically the same, mostly the same. They do have added some tweaks here and there. Like one, for example, one of their most common plays was the uh, F post play, where you basically have a, a tight end or an inside slot receiver run some type of over route. And Beasley in the slot would run a slant or a skinny post because the over route would draw coverage, would would create a little bit of space inside for Beasley to run his post or or slant, and uh, that would you know help gain yards in the middle of the field. That's one of their their common plays this year. It's a follow uh,
0: concept, right?
2: Basically. Right. Uh, yeah, similar. Yeah, similar yeah. to that too. That's that's correct. And I think uh, looking at just at the initial numbers real quick, for example, they run post. They run a. A post play as them as a as a integral part of their passing design mm-hmm. they've run that 24 times this year in seven games so that's over three times per game uh, as a good example uh they don't they they don't run I, I know you asked me what they run most of the time but i also want to say that what one of the things they don't run enough is is uh you know uh, plays to Ezekiel Elliott in the passing game, which I'm sure you'll touch on as well. But these Hayes had a number of passing designs where in the past, they, they the designs are simple and they're effective, yet they don't do it very often, although they have done a little more often this year. So I'm hoping they, they do that uh, starting this second half of the season.
1: Um, I would just add in about Zeke, you know, them throwing the ball to the Zeke often it comes on third down when they need to gain eight or nine yards. That's typically not the down that you want to throw to your running backs. You want to throw to them on first and second down. And uh, we've seen the Cowboys use a lot of screen games to Zeke. Uh, but I would like, as you mentioned, now I'd, I'd like to see them use him out of the slot a little bit more often or out wide. Uh, I think I went back and charted Zeke on the outside, you know, from the last two years, whenever they motioned him out wide as a receiver, I don't think he has a single target when he's motioned out there wide. So eventually, teams are going to stop worrying about him as a receiver if the Cowboys don't intend to throw him the ball. So that's all I had about uh, Zeke. Go ahead, Lane. I know you you had a question for Allen. Uh, what? So uh, we talked
0: kind of about you know routes and that sort of thing, and 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 how basically the 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 offense you know from a ten thousand foot view at least. Uh, seems to be the same with some slight tweaks, which, you know, I mean, they made some change in the personnel um, and they were, you know, going to try to rely on, on, on personnel changes, uh, personnel group <sighs> grouping, like strategically deployed and, and, and do, you know, running some of the same plays, but, you know, with different looks and hoping to get, you know, get better matchups versus better defenses. How have they or, or used, or I guess probably, you know, not used motion and and play action and misdirection because I think that that you know those elements the, the things that kind of are getting the defense going one direction are kind of helping the offense. You know, uh, they are different kind of categories because misdirection is is different than using motion, but I, I guess these kind of little tips and 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 things that can help you know either get the offense. Uh, extra footing after the snap or before the snap in the case of motion that sort of thing how how is dallas using that in relation to some of the you know i guess more advanced seeming offenses in the league like say los angeles or san francisco or philadelphia or kansas city
2: right yeah the the you bring up a good point about about pre-snap motion and, you know, like you, like you were mentioning type of some type of motion or either misdirection type of play. It's something that I wrote about in my, my article from last week, where I, where I uh, uncovered nine interesting stats and tendencies of the Cowboys offense. And, and the lack of pre-snap motion was one of the things that I did cover in there. And basically I defined pre-snap motion as a singular player moving within one second of the snap. So sometimes teams will shift. They'll they'll shift one or multiple personnel to change up their the formation. But they'll reset and they'll pause for like at least a few seconds or longer before they snap the ball. That's not what I considered motion. Motion is right before the snap. So something that that that's a last second thing that throws throws off the defense or or make makes the defense change their coverage rules in some sense right before the snap is played. And when I charted that um i i've discovered that the cowboys don't do it very often they they used it about let's see i think from the article they had they had 440 regular season snaps these are these are regular snaps that that don't involve kneel downs or spikes or two-point conversion plays and of those 440 which include run and pass only 90 used pre-snap motion which is about 20.5 percent or only about 12.9 times per game now, I don't have all the numbers for all the rest of the league, but I was able to compare it to a single game from the Rams as sort of a – it is a small sample size, but it is a nice comparison because we do know the Rams, they use a lot of pre-snap motion. And in week six against Denver, they they had 74 offensive plays in that game, and 25 of them used pre-snap motion, which is about 33.8 percent, and basically they – they, they they use it very frequently, especially on first down. That's something that the Cowboys have not done. They've been pretty static on first downs, uh, and uh, they just don't use the motion that much. I also tried to compare the use of motion, pre-snap motion, in their wins and losses. And uh, the Cowboys actually used it about six times more per game in their wins than they did their losses, which I thought was interesting, which tells me it's partially... Partially game flow, because maybe they get away from it because they're behind, but also because they're just more effective at it. They're they're, they're more effective using it when they do, and they don't seem to stick to it on the road. It's something I, I would like to see them do for their second half of the season.
1: All right, the other question I have for you, uh, Alan, is their play-action game. Uh, we know Pro <clears throat> Football Focus just did a really good article about how every single team's passer rating is way up when they use play action compared to not using play action. And you would think with the Cowboys being a run first offense, that they would incorporate a lot of play action into their offense. Is that something they use regularly? Do you think they could use it more? What are just your kind of thoughts on the Cowboys play action game this season?
2: Well, it's definitely something that they, they can use more. And I think they should have been using more for, for years now, uh, in their, in their wins, Let's see. In their wins, they had they had play action about, let's see, 27.2% of the time overall, and I think that the that's 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 the median for the whole year. The whole year average is 27.2%, which I think is actually. In, in terms of the rest of the league, I think it might be pretty decent, but for a team that's so reliant on the run, it should be a lot higher, in my view. And when you compare what the play action percentage is on the on the road versus at home, where, where they've won all of their games, at home where they've won, they've they've used it on 32% of passes, but in losses that rate has dropped to 18.6%. So on the road, mm. they only they only use play action passes 18.6% of the time, and it's important that I note that I add in the fact that I also accounted for plays where they're basically in a two minute offense and, and, and are passing all the time. I took those plays out and I wanted to look at the more normal course of the game, just, just basically snaps where it's where the offense isn't pigeonholed into having to throw their way out the entire time and that, that, that these numbers account for that. And so the fact that they, they, they had about a 14% drop in play action is, is pretty, uh, pretty pretty surprising and disappointing uh, in my view.
0: Good Lord.
1: Yeah, it's surprising to me. But, all right, Alan, thank you so much for coming on our show today. Uh, tell the people where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find your stuff.
2: Uh, thank you, Marcus. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at alanui22, that's A-L-L-A-N-U-Y-22 and you can also read my work at cover net. I post uh, weekly weekly uh, advanced scouting reports of the Cowboys' upcoming opponents as well as film notes uh, after every game.
1: Awesome. That's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. Make sure you check out the Best Coast Boys podcast. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys, And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time.